Hey there, folks. Guess what? Episode number 68, the Uticast, we have returned once again. And today, we welcome back our good friend, Mike Beck of the Utica Zoo, to talk about the zoo's upcoming $75 million master plan. Uh, plus, uh, Mara Avery Drayton is here today uh, to talk about Hurricane Matthews with us, to talk about the debate. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a history lesson. We're going to talk about buying consumer electronics, and we're going to talk about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. A grab bag of subjects here today, folks. Episode 68. We're happy you're here. Uticast. Let's do it. Uticast, episode number 68. Kev Sullivan, what's going on, buddy? Uh, floating in space out here, expanding the universe. I'm very cosmos up right now. I feel I'm like I'm still feeling the vibes. Feeling the vibes from Cosmos. Uh, welcome back, folks, to another episode. Uh, this week, we're talking to Mike Beck, returning after a full year. Returning triumphant from the Utica Zoo. <laughs> oh, triumphant return. He came in with um, a full-sized cardboard uh, like printed map. Of what the zoo's going to look like. Yeah. And he had it set up in here. I took a picture with it. It's really impressive. Well, this, I mean, and you know, we always like to say full disclosure, like this is a lot of times when we have guests on the show, we do the interviews, a lot of times it's like, okay, you know, who should we have on? Who's somebody who has something? This is one of those situations like this news is breaking. We got to talk to this person about this thing right mm. now. Like as somebody who's a huge mark for the Utica Zoo, it's great news. Yeah, no, great news. I was happy to have him on. We had a great conversation. Went long conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wasn't here for the period of the time when the interviews evolved into what they are today. His interview... Like, you used to try to cut people, like, 18 minutes. Now you're like, let's just yeah, rock. Yeah, now we just rock. And you used to let them... I used to cut them. But now now yeah. we just go, and we play the games at the end, and now it's a little different. And uh, at episode 16, which was 52 episodes ago... That's crazy. I know. Didn't plan it that way. It's a weird world we live in. Nature's crazy. Science right. and nature are crazy. Back in the space. Back in the space. Um... Yeah, he, we had a great conversation, um, so it was fun. It was fun. Um, I want to get into a few house cleaning notes uh, before uh, before we get into this week's episode. This table. This the table dirty. could use a cleaning a little bit. This table needs a deep cleaning. We need, like, a power cleaner. I've noticed that. It's got, like, a grime. Studio table? Yeah. Uh, there's a reason for it. After, the, after we get off the air, I'll tell you why I know what happened to the table. I, I, we have to figure out what we need to fix it. That sounds horrifying. I don't know what that means. I don't think I ever want to get off the air now. It's just a long story to explain on the air. But let's, Jeez. Let's get into some house house cleaning, ironically notes. Uh, so, last week's episode with uh, Mara Avery Drayton was pushed a week forward because the lads at Nomad Cinema, who were supposed to be on episode 67, came down with a case of the strep throat. So, as of today's recording, unless things change, they'll be coming on Next week for episode 69. So Nomad Cinema will be here next week. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You guys didn't know who it was going to be anyway. But they're coming back next week. So we should be excited for Nomad Cinema lads. They return. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just watching you go. I'm just watching. Just burning like a supernova. Um, now, uh, Cliff is not on the show today. The reason Cliff's not on the show today is um, I'm trying to position Cliff to do his own solo podcast. We've been talking about it sort of casually in the background we've recorded one already 
but I'm trying to get Cliff excited to do his own spin-off type, not spin-off, his own It's show. interesting. There really is, like, podcast and news. Like, Cliff might be doing this more long-form, like, deep-dive show. Yeah. FTL Sports is firming up, getting FTL a little bit Sports. consistent. Yeah. We're, so the, yeah, you make note, if you went to the Sound uh, the SoundCloud, it's actually the You The Cast Podcasting Network, which is the unofficial name I've given to... Official, unofficial? The, uno- like the official, unofficial name I've given to the Podcasting Network at the moment. I feel like I can't call it the UPN, though. Because that was a thing. No, already. UPN was a thing. Yeah, you can't have that, unfortunately. You're going to have to come up with a different name. Got to come up with a different name. Yeah. So, if you guys got any dope names for the not officially named Uticast Podcasting Network, let me know. Anyhow, I'd like to push Cliff into his own solo show. That doesn't mean we're not going to hear any more from Cliff. Cliff will be back on from time to time. Might be on his third guest. Might be on different segments. You have not heard the last of Cliff Montoni on the show. And he's been a real pleasure to have on. And he will continue to be a pleasure going forward. You're uh, so nice. I love Cliff. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. Great mind, great voice, and that's why his own platform is a great place for him to get his personality and his voice and his mind out there for our listeners. Um, Also, this week we are uh, bringing in uh, a new number three who's never been the number three on the show. She was last week's interview, Mara Avery Drayton, so she's joining us to do the show. Did so well last week, moved right up to number three, number three move on the show. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Preliminary basis. I've told her that it's not official yet, and she knows that. I like how you've sort of officially in your head built up like this. It's like a tournament, like this competition. You're like, there's got to be, you know, a number three. Like, if our dear friend Higgins isn't going to be able to be here, mm. Cliff's going his own ways. Mm. Got to have a number three. Maybe we should just get, like, a full bracket going. It's important. Like the yeah. NCAA tournament. We can get 64 spots. Yeah, I think like I, I think it's good to always expand the network. I like bringing always. in fresh talent. Because there's only so many stories. There's I can only tell so much you. that we have. <laughs> yeah, I can only talk about Brooklyn so We're much. We're certainly um, running on E. Uh, real quick, though, I want to jump back. Uh, well, well Mara's going to be on for the whole rest of the episode, so you'll hear here for her for the next two segments. Uh, back to the Nomad Cinema guys for just a uh, a moment. We there's an announcement today. Uh, new event coming up. Let's uh, let's clink our glasses here. No beers today. No beers today. Hello, more do. You, as soon as the weather gets a little bit colder, you just want a little bit of whiskey. Keep you warm at night. Warms you up inside. Yes, but the new news from um, yes. Maine, Utica. Uh, Saturday, October 22nd, the Franklin Square Film Series returns. Uh, rising from the grave for a little Halloween double feature. 6.30, it's going to be Hocus Pocus, 8 o'clock, the Halloween classic. <clears throat> Halloween. <laughs> so, boom, Hocus Pocus, Halloween, uh, brought to you by... Uh, us, of course, at Maiden Utica, the great, great lads at Nomad, and our boys at Bite Bakery. It's going to be a great time. Very excited. And something, um, so October 22nd, once you get out there, you really are kind of at the mercy of the weather. Mm-hmm. So uh, keeping in mind when it's going forward, if something happens with the weather, uh, we're looking to make sure that this event goes on one way or the other. Yes. So it may have to get shifted, but we're going to try to make some provisions for the weather as well. I think, I hope that everything goes as well as all the rest of the Franklin Square movies went. Yes. Because... I like watching movies. Watching scary movies outside in the fall is so cool, and I'm really glad that that opportunity is going to exist. Kev, what? I uh, I have a track record here on the show of predicting weather patterns, and you know this. Oh no, you know this. I, I pre- do know this. I correctly predicted that it would not rain on the Boilermaker, and although fate was tempted, my call was ultimately correct, and my aim was true. I also predicted it for the second showing of the Franklin Franklin Square film series. Did you? And for the downtown get down. All of which I was correct, and justifiably (laughs) so. And I feel comfortable today giving the Uticast steal of approval to this event that it will go on flawlessly. Because that's what we do. Flawless. 
Okay, that, I mean, that's uh, that's a very that's a ringing endorsement. You're just ringing full of ringing endorsements today. I'm very positive. You're fired up. It's a positive day. Uh, and I, <laughs> I do have one sort of Udcast related funny story I wanted to share with you today. I was uh, I was at work this morning and I was talking to my boss and we we're, you know, chatting about wrestling. He's a wrestling fan, so we were talking about uh, No Mercy from last night and talking about the Giants. He's a Giants fan and he's Bills and all. Just you know, sure. work work stuff. Mm-hmm. Work chat with your work, work buds. Work chat with your work buds. And water cooler talk. <laughs> water cooler Not talk. Not to be confused with locker room no, talk. No, Not my locker room. Uh, so we're talking, and he says to me, hey, by the way, when you send emails to me and me and the rest of your bosses, could you take away the thing at the bottom that says showrunner slash producer slash host <laughs> of the Unicast? And I said, hmm. Uh, You're sending that on work emails? I didn't mean to. It showed up. My work email is connected to my Google email. So my header at the bottom of the Uticast email showed up at the mm. bottom of my work email. So I have to find a way to distinguish the little bottom pieces. So yeah, check your multiple emails, folks. I'm a man with like, I got like four email addresses. See, I, I, I've actually I have exactly four besides my work email, which I guess is five. But, um... Because they all, like, they fall under different purposes. Like, I got one that's, like, my personal email, and I've got one that I just give, like, all the stores and stuff, and they ask, you know, one for, like, just when I order things online. Mm. Keep it separate so I don't get spammed out of, like, my main mail folders. Now that I'm thinking, I got my Utica College email, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, I have my personal email, my Yahoo email, which is kind of fringe. Do you still use it? Uh, fantasy fantasy sports. That's fair. All of my fantasy Gmail. sports, yeah. Uh, Uticast, Gmail. Mm-hmm. Uh, also... Send us some mailbag questions for an upcoming all mailbag episode. Uticast at gmail.com. On its way. Uh, and then of course, uh, FTL Sports at gmail.com as well. So Makes sense. I had the I could They all come to my phone. The server <laughs> for my work, uh, we you know, we have the work, we use Outlook on the computer or whatever, but I could tie it to my Gmail, but I've made a firm decision that once I leave work, it's not email time. Try to keep that separation because I'm getting emails all the time and like I can't Get into that thing where I'm doing work emails on my phone. Not quite yet, so I try not to. I we feel like have... nobody else besides work really uses email. Work and like robots that want to mm. send me coupons. <laughs> yeah, coupon <laughs> robots exist. Uh, that was actually I can't believe we did that whole segment about. Oh, our pizza's done. I had pizza in the oven for that segment. Uh, well, speaking of which, we'll end with this. I can't believe we did that whole segment and didn't make one Hillary Clinton email joke. Whole email segment, not one, not one joke about Hillary. I feel like this thing right now is the joke. It's like a it's not, not it's like a non-joke it's joke. No, it's funny. not funny. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get into uh, let's get Mara in here. Yeah, let's, let's get, get Mara in Mara here. Let's get Mara calmed down a little bit from all these ringing endorsements. Guys, be nice to her. It's her first time. She's very excited. You be nice to her. I'm nice to everybody. Hi. get me thinking about the movie series got me thinking about what kind of I like how you're lying to these listeners like you haven't been planning for six months (laughs)
I'm six months. Wait, what am I planning? Telling lies on the podcast. You're going to be the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, that's right. The Macho Man. The jacket. No. That's a really good idea. I have the whole outfit planned already. I've done that before. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, you've done the Macho Man? Yes. You'd be a good Macho Man. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's why I did it. Uh, Yeah, for you folks who are curious, that's not Cliff this week, uh, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Joining us uh, after her starring performance on last week's interview, uh, Mara uh, Mara Avery Drayton, as Kevin referred to you off camera, the Notorious M.A.D., which is the best nickname ever. Oh, that's a new one. You're welcome. That's exciting. Thank you so much. We like to give gifts when people come here to visit (laughs) us and slay your gift. Oh, Take it. Cherish it. I'll take it. I love it. Thank Mm. you. I'll use it. Well, thanks for coming and doing this for us. Uh, we'll see how CO goes. If you stink, we'll have to kick you off, though. So That's don't... fair. I get it. That's okay. Totally fair. Uh, Kev, do you think we're ready to go into the show, or do you want to give her a hard time for a little bit longer? Uh, I think that it'll probably be most effective if we give her a hard time throughout the show. Instead oh. of getting them all out at once, we'll mm. just take the barbs when we get them. We'll work them in a little bit. You know, Ooh, torture. A little I bit like of hazing was the first it's time. Absolutely. It's important. Be careful. We won't have much more to podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, do you know, uh, on average, how many hurricanes hit the United States per year? Oh, Jesus. We are jumping right in, aren't Absolutely we? Absolutely not. Not mm. even close. I did a little bit of research because I am a professional journalist, as we've discussed many <laughs> times before. Uh, on average, uh, six, uh, ten tropical storms develop in the Atlantic Ocean every year, six of which turn into hurricanes. Mm. Uh, in general, though, a lot of them don't hit shore. The average is every three years, five hurricanes uh, hit landfall in the United States. So that's from that's from the Weather Channel, guys. I did some research on that. Whoa. <laughs> No. Facts. Uh, well, the, yeah, facts. Well, the reason I bring it up is uh, Hurricane Matthews, uh, Matthew, which happened this weekend, uh, has been down, uh, downgraded to a tropical storm and is currently headed back out to sea. Uh, all things told, sadly, 21 people passed away. There was lots of damage in North Carolina, uh, Florida, Georgia. And also, if you looked online, out the, there's a lot of damage in Haiti, which was very disappointing yeah. to see. Yes. Um, uh, now, hurricanes are a strange thing and i guess let's start with let's start with you on this one mara since it's your we'll break you right in have you ever been in a hurricane like you've ever been in a hurricane situation i have never been in any tropical storm or tornado or anything like that really nope i completely avoided all of them very lucky yes i am very lucky yeah well i've been i've been here my whole life so we haven't really all we get is blizzards yeah that's all we get that's something we're we're very lucky when it comes to like weather and disasters and stuff like that up here Mm. even Blizzards, though, I can handle. Yeah, they're not bad. I, I, well, blizzards up here are like a, it's like a little badge of honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kev, what about you? Any natural disasters in your life? Uh, no. No, not nothing that I can think of. I mean, I've been in some, you know, some really bad mm. storms. I've been caught out in, like, weird spots in big storms, like, very oh. exposed. That one time we got caught on the boat one during the lightning storm. Different stuff like that, Terrible. but never dealing with, like, storm surge, mm. mm-hmm. which, like, when the ocean comes back to reclaim you is pretty much the scariest thing in the world to me. Because once that ocean starts coming, um. you're done. The ocean does not care about you, mm. does not care about your problems. Mm. No feelings. So I guess I'm the only guy. I was, uh, I saw one hurricane from the inside, and that was uh, when I was living in Brooklyn, take a shot. Uh, oh, you don't. You were not here for that. Whenever I talk about New York, I have to tell people to take a shot. Apparently, really? I talk about it a lot. That makes sense. Because you'll notice he's always mentioning when I lived in New York. When I lived in New York, so uh, our good uh, friend Ryan Miller from Community Foundation started a drinking game over it. Yeah, the Uticast drinking game. Mm-hmm. I you'll, like it. You'll catch on with a lot of these things as we go on. Okay. I didn't want to give you all the details yet. Anyhow, uh, yeah. So when I was in New York, take a shot. Um, <laughs> I was there for Hurricane Sandy, uh, and when Hurricane Sandy hit New York, and th- there was talk for weeks ahead of this people were buying up water and buying up supplies i remember the grocery store next to my apartment had lines out the door for days really? and oh it's horrifying and what really happened for us in the middle of bed was nothing 
nothing happened. It, we got the hurricane, but we were so far inland yeah. that nothing particularly bad happened to us. We didn't lose power. Uh, they just canceled work for four days. So I had uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it for the four days we were there, but it wasn't until we went out back into the city when I went to work in Manhattan the third day because right. Manhattan got flooded and the power was out for half the city. And it wasn't until then that I uh, came upon my first example of something called survivor's guilt. You ever guys you ever heard oh. about this? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's sad. The first major moment where I was like, man, I I took this kind of lightly because nothing happened to me. Yeah. And now I feel like a, like a dick, yeah. kind of, right? Yeah, absolutely. Similarly, my mom was in Florida during this hurricane. She was in Jacksonville. So for this particular hurricane, I was very concerned. She's fine, by the way. She's not that's blown good. away in the wind or anything. Uh, but yeah, man, I... And then, Kev, as a matter of fact, you were, you came down to Long Beach with us. I did, sure. It was a couple months after we went down to see some friends of ours uh, that live on Long Island, right on Long Beach, like two blocks off the ocean. We went down because they were in like a reunion show, playing like a one-time only, so we went down to surprise them. It was crazy to me how jacked yeah. up everything was out there. Like yeah. three blocks in, the streets are full of like two feet of sand and like ocean debris and stuff. Yeah. And This was months after, months after. And even though New York City was back to working order, quote-unquote, People sort of forgot that the rest of the like the rest of the aligning areas were still recovering, and that's the thing that sort of scares me about hurricanes. It's yeah, like it's absolutely. blown back out to sea, but there's still flooding. There's still collateral damage. People's houses were lost, homes were lost. Like there's a lot still Years to recover of damage. from. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and honestly, that was the thing I thought about with the Haiti thing. Was like you know they just had the earthquake. Well, with I mean with with the situation in Haiti, and I mean we talk about we had what just like 21 people here died. 21 people here in died. this country. Yeah. Their their death toll is creeping up to 900, yeah. and it'll keep getting higher. Mm. And in the resulting days, with no power, you know, lack of ability to get resources, you know, rampant sickness and stuff like. Haiti is, especially after the earthquake they went through, they're almost a country in name only. Like, it's yeah. an island yeah. that a lot of people live on and have no means to get anywhere else. And, like, life is really tough in Haiti otherwise. So when something sure. like this bears down on it, I mean, I think about how terrifying it would be if I lived in West Palm Beach and had to deal with tropical storms, when I could, mm. like, realistically just go somewhere and hide and go to the store and buy stuff. I, I can't imagine living, I mean... Not to say that these people live in like primitive ways, like you know it's the 1700s mm. or anything, but compared to what we're used to here in our lives, yeah. I can't imagine how terrifying it must be to have something like that bear down on you when your house is made out of, you know, recycled corrugated aluminum yeah. and you know stuff you could forage from the forest and stuff like that, and mm. like trees and you made it yourself. I mean, man, Give that's you, just a, it, so much perspective. Give you a real respect for like the power of nature. Yeah, I'm a big nature guy. I'm like terrified of nature. Well, what upsets me is that when you were talking about the body count compared to here, mm. and when it comes to the actual news that's been shown oh. compared to the two, mm. I have heard almost nothing about it except for people complaining that no one's talking about right. it. You have to go out of your way yeah. to find it. Yeah. Would you say that the hurricane is the most terrifying of all the natural disasters? Nope. I mean, it depends what you mean by terrifying. Do you mean visually, or do you mean the damage that is done hmm. by that? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Because tornadoes, to me, oh. are terrifying to look at. It's It looks like a living thing. It's yes. like a visual menace, like one of the old gods rose up from a Lovecraft novel and it's coming for you. Yes. Exactly, that makes sense. exactly. And it, 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 it's something that you can see coming towards you. It, it, hmm. I just feel like it's, it's much more terrifying than a hurricane, but... Um, yeah, a hurricane, when it comes to the damage mm. afterwards, I don't know. They might be kind of equal. See, I think the scariest one, I think visually in all of them, um, if you live close enough to see it, you're probably in a lot of trouble, is a volcano. 
Oh, like yeah. if I lived somewhere, if I was looking at those lovely hills up over North Utica when you're driving down Genesee Street and all of a sudden one of them blew up and blown ash into the sky and there's lava everywhere, <laughs> oh, well, hell has opened up and it's here. Um, and same thing with tsunamis, though. Like if you saw to be on a tsunami and see that wave mm. barreling at you, know that if you can see the wave, it's too late for you. Yeah, yeah. That's no. horrifying. But that's the last thing you're probably going to see. We got in the deep dive on YouTube a couple of weeks back watching the big hurricane tornadoes. You remember we got yeah. caught up watching that? Well, that's a crazy um, thing because there's video cameras everywhere now so you go on youtube and you can see yeah. damn near what it's like yeah. uh, i want to come back to volcanoes in a minute because i'm going to get into something else but i went on uh, i did some research on this as well again professional journalist uh <laughs> hurricanes earthquakes typhoons tsunamis floods wildfires and volcanoes are all in there but one that really snuck the difference up between a typhoon and a hurricane mr research oh that i, didn't do I don't actually time. know i'm not sure they seem like different cultural no. words for the same kind of thing they do mm. but anyhow that's not the point i'm getting at the point i'm getting at is the other one that i didn't mention yet which is sort of a fringe natural disaster that horrifies me and that is sinkholes Ooh, oh. yo which sinkholes no right. sinkholes wow. just having the ground open up underneath you different than an earthquake which is also scary well, wait if we're getting loose like that out here then are we <laughs> counting like asteroids yo an asteroid is terrible because after that i'm not gonna use my one swear this early in the show but that's no good <laughs> oh yeah that's right we get one swear for show we get one one major one one oh. one big one okay that's right. fair um that. that's a rule we try to hold ourselves to nobody holds it to us but we try you know now asteroid asteroid is interesting uh after i got into a little of this natural disasters conversation and i knew we were prepping for it i got into a little bit of uh i got distracted on the internet and i found an internet article called seven disasters that would end the world pretty much immediately uh, asteroid was on the list. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of the other ones. Uh, an EMP attack. EMP. I EMP. was going to say that's a very, okay. very, very, very big deal. Uh, solar. That would be bad because it wouldn't kill anybody no. instantly. And it would be a horrible, horrible decay of the entire modern civilization over six months. It's we true. We killed each other. That yeah. would be bad. Every electrical device we own, every car, every right. anything gone. Uh, solar flare, similarly the same thing. Pretty like much an extended solar color. flare. Yeah, uh, epidemic, some sort of major flu epidemic. But the other one... Does that count as a natural disaster? Because that's really scary, that's, too. Yeah. That's pretty People walk scary. around with Venetian plague masks and gas masks and like, bring out your dad. It'd be horrible. <laughs> uh, but the one that I thought of when I thought about you, Kev, was something that I read and now I'm addicted to called the Yellowstone Super Volcano. Oh. Are you familiar with the Yellowstone Super Volcano? Yellowstone? If you ever, like want, Yellowstone if you ever yes. want to sleep again, don't read anything about the Yellowstone Super Volcano. I want to hear all about it. Okay, so <laughs> basically, uh, Yellowstone National Park, which we know, all the geysers and geothermal things that they have there in the hot springs, mm -hmm. the reason they're like that is because the entire area under Yellowstone National Park and surrounding outside of it, we're talking hundreds and thousands of square miles, all this stuff, mm -hmm. is one giant volcano. Oh, there's yeah, a really. caldera underneath there that has enough uh, magma in it to fill up the Grand Canyon like 11 times over. The last time it blew up, it almost ended like all the life on the planet. Like if hmm. that blew up, there's a decent chance we'd have ash falling hmm. here. Yes. Hmm. That's comforting. No. <laughs> uh, Actually, it's, in a way, it's comforting because it's like, hey, you know what? Well, I got problems in my life, but the Yellowstone <laughs> volcano might go, so who gives a uh, shit? The stats on uh, the Yellowstone. Uh, I got two stats from the Yellowstone uh, super volcano. Uh, if it erupted, 90,000 people would die in the immediate explosion from it in terms of actual range, uh, and it would cause an immediate nuclear winter across the entire planet. Interesting. Yeah. So. The sun wouldn't come for like two years. The whole planet would be screwed mm. up. And yet somehow... Somehow, in this whole conversation, we have not yet approached the greatest natural disaster facing our country right now, the 2016 election season, oh. starting... <laughs> 
gosh. Yeah, that's, boom. That's terrifyingly yeah. true. Now, that's a professional wow. transition. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, really that is. is a professional transition. Uh, so last night, uh, for those of you who watched, well, on Sunday, I suppose, by the time you folks listen to this, uh, we watched the second uh, town hall debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Um, uh-huh. I didn't want to watch it. Well, Mar, did you, you talked a little bit about this. Did you watch the debate? I didn't watch it. I watched... Everybody talk about it afterwards. Mm. Yes, important. Which I got all the I got all the key keynotes. <laughs> uh, that's about it. It was uh, too much torture to watch it. Yeah, for it's me. tough. It's yeah, tough. It was. I don't like the town hall format, by the way. No. I don't care for having like people come up and ask questions and see in normal years when we're not on the brink of the apocalypse like we are now. Yes, um, right. It's interesting, and I think it's an interesting way to watch the candidates interact with each other. I, I'm normally I like politics a lot. I think it's interesting. I love the debates, and I mean I definitely skew towards a certain side, and I've usually got you know my person mm-hmm. I'm pulling for, and there's a candidate I like a lot more than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, this year it's been it's been like a car wreck. It's been like reality TV. I was just I mean say the that, whole yeah. thing going into it, like I'm not sitting here and actually learning about candidates' policy positions. I mean Donald Trump doesn't have a single policy position. No. But I think so many people tuned in just in the aftermath of that tape that came out where he was, you know, mm. teaching, you know, the proper way to court a woman. Yeah. And all that stuff yeah, on the tape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like after that, I think people <laughs> just wanted to see what the hell was gonna happen. And, yeah. and like Mm. It's unbelievable that this is still going on because I said in the podcast weeks and weeks and weeks ago when this was starting, I'm like, ah, there's no way this dick's going to get out of like even the primaries. Mm. This will be over. And it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You know what the worst part for me was about this though? Was looking around on Facebook today mm. and like seeing, I, I can't wait till election season's over so I can stop losing respect for people that I don't want to lose respect for. There were so many people I genuinely appreciated. And now some of the things that they've said it is completely blown blown me away. Yeah. Just completely it's tough. blown me away. It's tough. Politics are dangerous to talk about. I noticed it, it I work for a college around here when you and you know, college folks are generally liberalish. Generally. Mm-hmm. generally. Generally. But when you find someone, like especially a college professor or like someone like that who's uh, conservative, they tend to be an intense oh. sm- militant, like militant yeah. conservative. Pretty, pretty yeah. aggressive, yeah. Uh, I, wanna, I just want to throw a couple of things. Do you guys want to get into the tape at all, or do we feel like there's been talked to I nauseam? would be interested in hearing the new kid's take, because yeah. for as much as I can say about it, I'm not a woman, and as much as I like to think that I'm empathetic towards oh. issues and things facing, but like as a voter who probably wasn't going to vote for Trump anyway... But like as a voter, you know, who is a woman who that directly affects and about like how do what did uh, what's the take? The sad thing is, um, I want to say I was shocked, but I'm not. Mm. I'm I'm more shocked by people's response to it than by his response. Mm-hmm. Um, every time that I have come across, not every time, but a majority of time that I I come across someone who is a Trump supporter. Um, Usually the first thing that they say when they're supporting Trump is something negative about Hillary. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that's why exactly you vote for someone because mm-hmm. you like them more than someone else. Right. Um, but unfortunately, like now it seems like this election has gone to the point to where it's uh, between the two evils. You know, who do And the running more? joke was always we're picking between the lesser of two evils, but yeah. it's so real this year. It mm-hmm. is. It's very real. And honestly, after hearing that tape, I was disgusted because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is really this is really happening. Mm. And there were so many things. There was there was one there was one post that I saw on Facebook today and it just blew my mind and it was saying why I'm still supporting Trump regardless mm. of how he feels about women. Mm. And it's just kind of like 
I, I just, that doesn't even make any sense to me. That sentence does not even make any sense to me. It blows my mind. There seems to be a general section of the voting public and the country in general that is just not interested in having their minds changed. No matter what kind of mm-hmm. nonsense they dredge up. And they, they hit Trump a lot in this. They hit him about his finance. They hit him about his treatment of women. They hit him about his policy really, really hard. I actually thought that Anderson Cooper and Martha Raddatz there, whatever her name is. Did a great job. Did a really, really good job of being kind of tough mm-hmm. on Trump. Some people were actually saying that he, they were too rough on Trump. Uh, sort of kind of him, of him and his people were saying that. him and his people were saying that um, if if there's anything that uh, struck me as odd it seems that Trump looks confused more <laughs> than he should for a guy who's running for president absolutely whenever they get past anything besides bullet points or or you know uh, rah rah statements he seems generally concerned when trying to come up with a thought mm-hmm. at least yeah, well visually. I mean he's look at I mean the man is 70 years old he's lived in an echo chamber of people being yes men his entire life mm-hmm. and he's you know he's fundamentally not qualified to hold office I mean you talk about the lesser of two evils I'm in that position this year because personally I, th- I think that Hillary Clinton I do not like Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. I think Hillary Clinton's mm-hmm. done a lot of bad stuff mm-hmm. I don't think she's a great person I don't think she has mine or anybody like me that I know is best interest at heart right. and I think she probably could have been tried for a lot of crimes that she didn't get tried for mm-hmm. then again nobody in positions like that gets tried for stuff they didn't try any of the bankers and they collapsed the housing market mm-hmm. Dick Cheney Donald Rumsfeld and George W. Bush are war criminals there's no like yes mm-hmm. or no or maybe about right. it none of these people get tried so I understand that but at the end of the day, when you watch those two people, and what really blows my mind is when you watch them talk, you can look at Hillary and be like, I don't like her. I think she's done a lot of bad things. She makes my skin crawl. She might be a robot. All those things are true. But when you look at her next to a guy like Donald Trump, oh, it man, blows my mind. Really? <laughs> she glows. It blows my mind that people yeah. can watch those two and be like, this man looks fit to be the president. And a lot of it, I think, is just not understanding like the, how real this situation is. Like, yeah. It's funny to watch the debate on a Sunday night with like a beer and some popcorn, but that's not funny when he's starting wars with countries because of his own thin skin and lack of knowledge about almost everything. Something that's been getting glossed over today, I think, was huge. Did you get anybody hear he said or hear that he said with he hasn't talked to his vice president, Mike Pence, about Mike Pence. almost anything? Yeah. He's yeah. like, we haven't talked in months. They were talking about Syria. He's like, well, I haven't talked to him in quite some time, but I disagree with his policy. Dude, you brought Mike Pence on your ticket because people, the psychos in your own party, were concerned that you don't have enough foreign policy yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, well, I'm not listening to that guy. Forget that guy. Like, um, and these was, people are still like, I'm voting Trump. Killery. Yeah. Yeah, there was cool. one. Passionate. There was one really hot take I saw on the internet about this, and it was about Trump being an old man, and it was basically, how many old men do you guys know? Like in general, like elderly men. Funny. Old men don't get better as they get older. Good point. They well, get the worse. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they double like, Well, that tape was 10 years ago when he was 60. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's already, you know, yeah. at 60, your opinion, it's not like, well, you know, he was 22 and he popped off a little bit on Twitter. But okay. that's the problem, though. They say it's locker room conversation, but I don't want a man who talks like that in the locker room to be my president. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. That means he's not fit to be my president. Well, and that was something I said a lot today about the locker room thing, because I think, like, you know, as a guy... I don't want there's 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 lines with stuff like locker room kind. If they got caught saying like, "Oh, do you see this reporter? Oh my God, she looks so hot. Look at her butt. Look at her this. Right. I'd like to do this." That's one thing. And is that still not the type of conversation you'd want to have like in mixed company or you wouldn't want getting out? Of course. Is it lewd? Yeah, of course. 
But he said you can just sexually assault, assault them. people. Exactly. It's not just like, oh, holy shit, look at that girl. Yeah. We've all been there. And yeah. girls probably do it too when they're alone. Like, oh my God, look at that guy. Yeah. That's one thing. Mm. But to be out there and be like, you can do whatever you want. You can just mm. grab these women. Because he's a celebrity. That's gross. So I think locker room talk is reductive. And I yeah. think that's disgusting. And did you see how many athletes came out on Twitter today? Like, listen, I've been not in locker rooms room. my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've never seen yeah. this Talking kind of assaulting thing. Women. And I'll say this, by the way. I think that the tape actually offered Hillary... Her best chance, and she took it, to really give Trump a hard time. Early on in the election, not only did she not—she didn't necessarily sidestep the tape, but she said, not only does he not apologize to women, look at all the other people he doesn't apologize to. And it went down the list of all the people over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't have the names in front of me. I was writing it down. But there were like seven or eight different people who he's publicly shamed and talked oh, yeah. down to yeah. that he's never apologized for. Most uh, most openly, Obama, who he spent the last seven of the last eight years trying to prove he wasn't American. He's yeah. never apologized for it. He I'm doesn't apologize. To. I'm interested to see what tapes are going to come out now. I don't think this will be the last one. Mm. They already mm. said that the people at NBC from The Apprentice have tapes of him saying far worse stuff. Yes. And they're saying that, you know, people are like, we'll pay. We'll get it out. Let's hear it. Let's hear mm. it. Because I want the people who support him, I want them to have to look everybody else in the eye and be like, yes. Yeah. I am a racist. And yes, I am a sexist. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is what I believe. And yes, I do believe these people should be. I want you to show how disgusting and hate-filled you are to the entire world and not be able to hide mm. behind bullshit memes on Facebook. I swore twice mm. in this segment I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I hope that, listen, when I eventually run for Mayor Utica, I hope this tape doesn't get out with me swearing twice. Before it's not we, good. Before we close up this section and get into the interview, I just want to say this. Do you think, and I, I'm just speculating here, I have no basis, do you think there's a scenario that when the actual day to vote comes, a lot of these Trump supporters that we hear about don't actually make it out to the polls to vote. <laughs> That's a good. Do you, do you point. feel like a lot of this is? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm Pro- curious. Probably. Yeah. You know what's you know what's an equally plausible and equally scary scenario? The Hillary ones don't. Not even that, no. but that when they poll all these people and they say who you're voting for, who you're voting for, and they're like, oh, well, I guess I'm voting for Hillary. I'm undecided. This or that. That there's a lot of people who actually do support Trump but aren't comfortable saying Talking it because they're not comfortable it, yes. admitting what kind of a disgusting animal mm-hmm. they are. Because mm-hmm. that's bad too. That's yeah. worse. Somehow. That's really bad. Yeah. That's a good point. I just can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want it to end. 44 days, 43 days, we're getting there. It's, it's so, coming up fast, guys. Hmm. All right, so that was uh, that wasn't so bad. Hit oh wait, can record. I do my normal thing? We do election real quick. Yes. Stop paying attention to presidential politics. Go out and vote in all of your local Senate and congressional elections. That's the stuff that's really important. That's what will change your life. Take an interest in local government. Sam, take it away. Yeah, you're never wrong. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, this has happened twice in the last six weeks. Uh, we have brought somebody on for a second time on the show, only to find out during the interview that it had been exactly one year since they last... Was it really? Yeah, since they last <laughs> wow. appeared on the show. First it was Heather Wisluski from Topping Tree, and this week it is the Utica Zoo's communication coordinator, Mike Beck, who uh, celebrated his one-year anniversary of his last appearance to also spend some time talking with us about the Utica Zoo's uh, dream big plan, the $75 million uh, master plan to renovate the zoo and turn it into one of the premier tourist destinations in upstate New York. Uh, Mike was very, very excited about it. He's a good friend of mine. We had a really, really nice conversation. So why don't we get there? We'll be back in just a moment.
show. We didn't have this this fancy fancy microphone that we have here. You were pointing that out. Yeah, I was uh, screaming into the laptop <laughs> last time, and, yes. and uh, you know I feel a little bit better just kind of talking at a normal <laughs> tone. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just screaming into the void. Fifty two episodes ago, and you know this is funny. Fifty two episodes ago, episode sixteen was the last time we had you on the show. That's a full year ago a complete year it's been since last yeah, time you've been here and i did goodness. not plan it that way i it, didn't i mean props to you for that uh it it does kind of feel like yesterday though you know it does feel I, it I goes mean, quick i think what happens when you find something you really enjoy doing and something you know you get excited about every day a year yeah. goes by like like nothing so well it's um, funny <laughs> I actually just talked to my boss at work about this today. I'm sitting at work. I'm doing some stats after the kids went home on the computer and getting stuff ready for next week. And my boss looks up at me and he goes, oh, my God, it's October 7th. And I was like, yeah, man, how about it? Do you remember when we were kids? Like, it seemed like an hour was the longest amount of time that you could ever imagine. You were like, oh, God, I can't. It's going to take an hour. I just want to go home. Like, now I look down and I've lost, like, days sometimes. Like, what happened? (laughs) I have a a little theory for this. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and, you know, they say time flies as you're having fun, but um, I think... When once you start to do something again, like you know this this is going to be my third spooktacular yeah. at the zoo, <laughs> and so you you know what to expect, and you're not you you're not reliving reliving it as the first time. Yes, when yeah. it's your first time, you absorb everything <laughs> and you take it all in, and time is slower. But once it's once mm. it's like familiar to you, a lot faster. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's it's congratulations three three years now. Uh, it's spectacular. It's weird because it's I just celebrated two years at the zoo, but this is my third. I'm going on my third right. spectacular. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah. Uh, a couple things I just wanted to say real quickly. Um, I was doing laundry a few weeks ago. Maybe last week. I was driving to New York Mills to go do my laundry. I do it at the Colonial Laundromat because our our washing machine broke. Whatever that happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving around and I'm thinking to myself. Ugh, Somebody I wanted to interview for the podcast. I'm like, who did I want to interview? Did you see me walking and, around? <laughs> and I'm driving. And I'm driving on the road, and I see this very handsome gentleman popping his head up the street. I guess it's like Main Street in Fields. I'm like, oh yeah, my fact, oh that's my who God. I wanted to get on the show. That's so funny. Yeah, uh, I, I got an apartment in New York Fields now. Middle. So if you see me, there's like so many sidewalks. Oh yeah, and the new Ray Hill Trail. So I'll walk, I'll do like a half hour walk nice. here and there just to. Yeah. You know, my old man lives. On Clinton Street, like right around the corner mm-hmm. from that laundromat. So I, I do, you'll see me lurking around New York Mill. Grab some Chinese food, yo, some sushi. Yo. I don't like to say Maybe it. Because... some dollar slices at Pizza <laughs> Boys. You never know. I don't like to say it because I don't want people to like take this away from me. But Peking Tokyo is one of the sneaky best. Like I've like, heard that from dude, multiple it's so people. Good. It's so good. It's the best it's place because really you can get Chinese and Japanese. Yeah, they got, there. yeah, yeah. And then like I hear their sushi. Sushi's I mean, I've good. had it. But I don't know what to compare it to. But the sushi's good. Um, their avocado salad is very good, actually. Um, I don't know. I was, I went there on a sneaky date one time with a girl, and it was very low key and very quiet in there, and it was the right price, and all the food was yeah. good. I was like, "Yo, yeah. this is the spot." They make it pretty quick. I mean, I can kill twenty minutes in the restaurant waiting for my food, <laughs> or waiting for my laundry to go into the dryer. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so how you like living in the mills, man? Um, I like the mills because it's kind of, it connects to everything. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I'm never more than five or ten minutes away from anything. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I that like, you know, I'm big into local. Um, mm. You know, shopping local and, and doing local things, mm. but the closest coffee shop within like any direction of me is yeah. Dunkin' Donuts in yeah. like two or three yeah. directions. Yo, that's a problem. I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, I, which I worked there four years yeah. when I was younger. The but. closest thing you can do is make the drive up to Holland Farms. But I swear to God, last time I went to Holland Farms, I did that. I was like, all right, that's my smart move. I'm going to go do my laundry. I'm going to go to Holland Farms, get yeah. myself some breakfast pastries and some coffee. I'll they, throw my clothes. They've got some phenomenal yeah. stuff there. The line for donuts was like two people. Like I didn't know. Bam, in and out. Line for coffee was like eighteen deep, huh. and I was like, Nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not waiting here it's, all morning. It's interesting. I'm like a once a month coffee drinker. Really? So like people really like don't understand that. Mm. I like the taste of it, but I don't need it to survive. Oh man. So for me, it's like something to do, and 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 I've been doing this like walking thing lately, and I wish mm. I could walk to a, a local coffee shop, but. You know, maybe it's moving my apartment that's somewhere. Your, well, no, that's in your the future. That'll be your side biz. You need to open up a coffee shop in the mills. You got there's a there's a market there, man. An and emerging he, and market. And he makes so much money because he doesn't drink any <laughs> of his coffee. Exactly. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't get high on his own supply. He doesn't do it. Um, you know, and it's funny. We've gone five minutes, and I haven't even introduced you again yet. Uh, Mike Beck, why don't you go ahead and give us your byline as Utica Zoo representative here? Sure. Uh, I'm the communications coordinator at the Utica Zoo, and. Uh, like I said, been there a little over two years now. And let me say, it uh, seems like a good time to be working at the zoo. Seems yeah. like an exciting time. I, Makes it's... me sad that my resume didn't go so well when I applied there. <laughs> Although I, I, I feel, you know, I, I, I feel bad because... No, don't feel um, bad. Well, the thing is, we, we, uh, he's talking about we had an event coordinator um, yeah. job opening. <laughs> I was looking for and work. And we had, I think, 160 <laughs> people apply. Yes. And it's, you know, and half of them are people who love Utica, love oh, yeah. being in this area. So I had at least a dozen people hit me up saying, you know, can you help me out? And I'm like, uh, like well, you listen, know, it, it worked out. my best. It worked out in the long run for me. But now, as I look at all the exciting things going on at the zoo, I keep thinking to myself. And I was thinking about that when you came over. I was like, yeah, it's got to be a pretty tight gig right now to be working at the zoo. Things seem really exciting. And, yeah, and, and everybody pulls their own weight. I mean, yeah. it's like... We're we're just always rocking and rolling, mm. and, and I guess almost the toughest thing is to to find the time to relax and oh, you yeah. know and like outside of work because if you post something that's really exciting like you know when we launched the master plan mm. a week or two ago that video the video we 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 got a video made I think it's up to like eighteen thousand views yeah. on Facebook and. So you want to check it like every hour. You're like, do we get, you know, do we get more? So it's tough to turn it down, but I guess that's what you want in a job. You want to be able to think about it and talk about it all the time. So, so, uh, well, I want to get to the master plan. Uh, so do you want to start there first? Do you think that's a good place to start? Sure. That's a great place to start. I have a couple quotes. As I mentioned, we did actually talk about this on the episode last week. I guess it would have made more sense to actually have you on last week since we spent a whole segment talking about it. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to give you a quick recap of what we talked about last week, and you can tell me how wrong I am. Okay. Uh, so this is a $75 million uh, master plan that's going over a 10-year span. Yeah, uh, with a with a view on twenty years. View on twenty years. Yep. Okay. Uh, this was a quote. This is from Andrea Heath saying, "This uh, you're looking to turn this into a premier regional uh, tourist destination." Uh, 
Her quote was, the zoo is strong, stable, debt-free, and we're ready to dream big. I do see a lot of the uh, the dream big slogan all over yep. a lot of the gear. I'm getting the chills. That, that quote gets me every time. <laughs> I, I, and uh, I specifically had Andrea not tell me her speech before, and I didn't listen to her when she was practicing it. And, uh, you know, to, to tell you that, you know, I got the chills during the speech, and, you know, when I watched the video that was made by Matt Asowski, mm-hmm. I I went, I was literally in tears the oh, yeah. first three times that I watched it, and I had to tell people, <laughs> stop letting me watch this video. <laughs> and then, you know, when you're at the master plan party, I, you know, my coworkers and I are saying, I can't believe that I work at this place. Like, I watched the video, and I'm like, I work at the Utica Zoo, and it's it's a really neat feeling, and yeah, it's a fantastic time to be a part of it, for sure. Now, I'm curious. You guys made the announcement at the party, which was, uh, I guess, from the time we're interviewing each other. It was last week or last weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you guys know... How long did you guys know about this before the announcement was made? Oof. And was it tough to keep it in knowing uh, it was coming? We, I believe it was about two years oh, so you knew, in oh, okay. the making. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, you know, when you're looking at, I mean, we, we have the map in studio here. Yeah, it's great. We, I'm going to take a picture of it before we, we leave. We have um, about 80 acres of, of land that mm-hmm. is that is allotted for the Utica Zoo, and we only use about 30 to 40 mm-hmm. uh, right now. So the, the biggest thing is it's like looking at your assets. What do you have and what can you work with? And, you know, um, we have... Uh, Kind of a hilly zoo compared to other zoos. Yeah. So, you know, we looked at switchbacking paths, mm. um, you know, making it easier for strollers and walk, uh, you know, in wheelchairs. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I got, I'm getting excited about things like a, a, a bus loop. Yes. And increased, <laughs> and increased parking. That's how you can know you're a businessman. You're you know, like, a- you know, like, so here, you know, as much as it's going to be like the, the craziest thing ever to get giraffes and feed mm. giraffes. I'm looking at the plan right now, and I'm seeing bus loop, parking, more inside buildings, and and better uh, pathways. So, <laughs> well, I, I was that sort of you kind of jumped ahead of me there a little bit. I didn't even say well, I was going to say what of all the things you guys have coming up? I know uh, the, you know there's the Asian Temple you guys are going to be doing uh, the Living Rainforest, uh, the African section, the uh, the Adirondack Bay section. What for you personally is the most exciting prospect on the horizon for you? Um. You know, I I'm I'm the guy in marketing, so I I always look at things that are really exciting for a visitor experience. Yeah. Like right now, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest thing we got going on is the red panda encounters. Yes. You know, yeah. to be able to go in their exhibit and feed a red panda is one of the mm. most incredible things that's being offered. And we're uh, right now we're we're pretty much the place mm-hmm. to do that in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get people from all over the country. I think the next closest place you could feed a red panda is like West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, from my point of view, I like anything uh, that um, you know visitors can uh, interact with, like feed, feeding a new giraffe. I love the animal encounters. You know, anytime uh, it, it's it's just the marketable animals, really good looking animals. Mm. You know, if we're gonna have babies, babies always bring yes, people in. For sure. So. Um, I guess, uh, I guess one of the things I wanted to bring up with you uh, as well, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, the 20-year plan. I think when people hear an announcement like this, one of the first things they think of is like, oh, my God. Good luck. Good luck. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I think all, people also think it's all going to happen very quickly, but in right. reality, what's going to happen is you're going to see a gradual uh, expansion yeah. and renovation and update over a period of time, yeah. uh, which is kind of nice from your perspective because it, it shows an investment in the zoo at, going forward for the future. Yeah. You almost see 20 years of, uh, of advancement going forward when you lay this plan out. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that it works is, you know, if we go into a meeting with a donor or a company and they want to do something... We now have a plan. Mm -hmm. We have a plan. We, we show them what we want to do. So, you know, the animals and the exhibits on the plan may change and the buildings may change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say we want to add giraffes is like a 20-year vision, but somebody has the money and the vision to bring it in in the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. That's something that will we'll make happen. Sure. So this, this is very much a living document. And, um, you know, but without a plan, you really, you really can't mm -hmm. go anywhere. You need something to show people and be like, this is what we're trying to do. Mm. How can you help us? And and the biggest part of our master plan is we do need help from the public. Sure. You know, if you're looking to donate to a particular animal or building or or you own a company that would love to have their name, you know, the Uticast Giraffe Building. Oh, I, I've, I've had thoughts. Believe me, I wish you know, I had more money. So, um, this gives uh, people, donors, companies the ability to see what we want to do, and uh, you know, and then we get to see what they are interested in. So, one of the things I also wanted to bring up, and again, I, I'm almost certainly going on assumptions here. So, you know, forgive me and correct me if I'm incorrect. Go ahead. Up until this announcement, I had always had it in my head this misconception that the Utica Zoo was always sort of kind of struggling with money. And it wasn't until she made this announcement saying that they're ready to go, we're debt-free and doing this thing. Yeah, and I was like, oh. That's, um, that's true. I mean, I, I've, I've talked to people that have been at the zoo for 15 to 30 years. Yeah. And there were some times where, you know, people lost their jobs yeah. or you know couldn't afford to pay their staff and had to get creative like uh gary who's been at the zoo for 30 years sure uh started collecting bottles and cans to pay for his his employees yeah so um it's pretty crazy Should yeah i mean and like move. and you know so hmm. it's yeah the zoo was definitely struggling for a while and that's why we um repeat ourselves over and over again that you know we've been debt free now since like 2011 2010 Wonderful. or 2011 yeah well i think and and it's an important thing to bring up though because i think if i felt this way and i hadn't been here for a long time i'm sure there were other people who were sort of surprised by this announcement i was pleasantly surprised don't get me wrong i meant it i was happy when i read about this announcement that's why we talked about it so much last week uh but i was just glad to see that Maybe some of the misconceptions that people have about the zoo are just that misconceptions. Yeah, I mean, the you know? zoo's been around for 102 years. Yeah, that's and, crazy. I saw that. And like, <laughs> so crazy. Um, I mean, it's it's like anything. If you haven't been there in a while, you gotta go. Mm. You gotta you gotta get to the zoo. And every time someone hasn't been there in five, 10, 15 years, they they tell me, "Wow, you know, look at the continuous improvements you guys have been making." And and I even see I've only been there two a little over two years, and people are like naming projects that were you know going on when I first started. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we did you know do a hundred thousand dollars worth of paving, you know, or something like that. So well, before we move on from the expansion, I just want to say, in your opinion, being there on the ground floor, what would you say the general feeling of the staff is? You, there must be like a general excitement around the staff now, right? Yeah, I mean, this there was input from every department. Yeah. Which is which is also a tough thing because oh, yeah, like I said, my sure. my interest is, you know, those 
high energy, uh, highly marketable animals, whereas you know a zookeeper or animal care staff is, you know, really interested in uh, the conservation of yeah. the species. Um, you know how endangered mm-hmm. the species is. Um, so it's uh. And I guess if I had to pick a category yeah. of animal that I really enjoy that I didn't know prior to working at the zoo, hmm. I really like big cats. Yo, big cats. <laughs> I Yo. like big cats. Big cats. And which is <laughs> funny because I absolutely hate house cats and I'm allergic to house cats. So it's a it's an interesting fact. There. There's something very fascinating about a big cat. I don't know. It's like I don't know. They're very mysterious and yeah. sort of primordial in the way they look at you. It almost seems like they're reading you when they look at you. I don't like it. I just, I don't, like uh, I don't know, maybe it's something about their athleticism. Yes. Uh, you know, from playing sports all my life and, and uh, you know, running fast and, and whatnot. So, big oh, cats. Yeah, uh, big cats. <laughs> uh, so, let's go on to the uh, the next upcoming event uh, we have coming up here with Utica Zoo. One of my favorite zoo events, probably my favorite zoo event all year, the Spooktacular. This is the 30th year yeah uh which 30th year uh makes me feel old oh my goodness yeah but also I mean, you know i think we t- we talked about it last time this I was is the on, best one. and uh yeah. what were you, you had a couple of things that you no, liked I, when you well you what i did is i was at you what year did you graduate proctor did you graduate proctor uh whitesboro what did you graduate 2005 2005 so you're a year behind so i did i did volunteer work at the zoo for like economics class, maybe my senior year in high school when I was a proctor. And I did most of, well, not most of it. I did a good portion of it at the Utica Zoo for the Spooktacular. I helped build this haunted house, uh, which at the time, I don't think they ever did this again. At least I don't know if you guys have done this again. They didn't have enough room. They were doing renovations, so they basically put five or six tractor trailers next yes, to each I've other. Yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah we and talked then about that. they connected them. And that's sort of what we did for three years. We built this sort of haunted house out of these, uh, these like backs of four by four trailers. And then I got to dress up as Freddy Krueger and scare little kids. <laughs> and I think it was a little bit too scary because some of the – I did get yelled at by a few parents, uh, which I don't know how to respond to in character. It's just like, have a nice day. You know I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. You're, I got a mask on. So, um, But, yeah, I, I love the Spooktacular. I feel like it was – it's one of the few events around here that I feel like once I go to it, I'm like, yeah, now it's Halloween. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Now it feels like Halloween to me. I mean uh, – Halloween is like it's like the whole month of October now. I know, I know, <laughs> you know? It is, I know. So, every TV um, show, but every... we we do it for three days yes. every year. So you're, you're um, this year it's uh, the 28th through the 30th. Mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday night, you know, it's it's nighttime, so it's mm-hmm. dark. It's going to be scarier just just for the pure fact that you you're coming to the zoo at, at night. Uh, we have 13 trick or treat stations for the little kids to go yeah. trick or treating at. And uh, the last few years, we've been doing a haunted hayride. Yes. So, uh, we the haunted um, the what were you saying? The haunted house. The haunted yeah, house yeah, 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 yeah. Was, the haunted um, uh, trailers. The haunted trailers. <laughs> um, we opened up our pavilion so yes. that people have a place to um, eat because we have you know we're bringing in a couple food trucks like uh, Holy Smokes and mm-hmm. uh, Gyros and Vosses. So nice. we open up the pavilion so that you know people can enjoy their food if they're grabbing something or they want to eat some of their candy. Yeah. And uh, we're doing the the haunted hayride again mm-hmm. this year and. We're kind of amping it up in terms of technology. I like that. So, a lot. Um, uh, we, you can you can hope to uh, see. I don't want to give away too much. I'll just say we're upping the technology instead of the manpower. So hey. I don't want to give away too much this year. Have you picked out a Halloween costume yet? Huh. 
You know, I'm 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 no, I'm actually kind of I'm kind of I'm sad for myself because <laughs> you know my friend Andre Short, who's yes. been on the show, and yeah, GFOP Andre Short, great guy, phenomenal uh, Halloween guy. We used to make a haunted house in our garage. We lived down the street from yeah. each other, and we would scare people. You know, once you got old enough to not go trick or treating, yes. I had the DJ, the big DJ speakers. We would scare the living daylights out of kids to the point where they would not even come to my house or his house. Oh, okay. we, we held it, and uh, we uh, we got scared when we were kids because there was this mm-hmm. one house on the corner that would always do that, and we we thought we would um, do the same. But trick or treating is not the same anymore. No. I don't no. know if you've noticed, no. but like we we've had our neighborhood was a really wonderful place. Yes to be yeah yeah no kids no kids go where my parents live anymore here at the studio last year i was concerned that we were gonna get no kids and i was gonna get stuck with like this big giant bowl of candy i had and not only did i go through that entire like uh entire bowl and all the stuff i had in the house i had to turn the lights off because there were so many people on the street i was shocked especially in this neighborhood this isn't really like prime trick-or-treating neighborhood i think i just happened to catch a good run of kids Plus, my niece and nephew are greedy. Um, <laughs> but I also think that's a sign of the times because in if you go back to... When were we trick-or-treating? I was born in 1986. So if I'm trick-or-treating, yeah. you know, I'm thinking early 90s, right? Early to mid-90s. You could sort of be let to your own devices at 15 or 14 by your parents. They'd be like, all right, go yeah. ahead and go out trick-or-treating with your friends. And, Especially know, around it's... in this area. It was like pretty... It's quote just, unquote safe. It's just, you know I mean? yeah. Well, times have changed, and you know, people. I get there's a lot more things out there that people have to worry about. You know, that's true as well. Like, like clowns. Like clowns. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, right? Isn't that so weird? Like, uh... I've never been scared of clowns until this year. I see. <laughs> like, like 2016. No, I, uh, I'm of clowns. <laughs> I was taking these. I was taking some of the students I work with back from Colgate Seminar a couple days ago. I'm driving back from Colgate Seminar, and there's these. Uh, I was in the bus. I wasn't driving. We're in like a school bus. There's a bunch uh-huh. of us. And we're driving down the parkway, and there's a kid standing in the in the street with the clown mask on, right? Very clearly a little kid. And when I can see him from, like, up the road, and I look, I lean back across, I'm like, hey, guys, look, there's a clown in the road. And literally every kid's uh, first line was, just hit him with the bus. Like, they're like, no, just hit him with the bus. It's fine. No, no big deal. And, and the thing <laughs> is, if you're young enough, you're doing it for fun. You don't know that it's, like, could be a potentially terrible, terrible thing. Mm. You know, oh, yeah, there, no. there's been no. some clowns got shot in the news. I'm like, oh, this is craziness. Clowngate. I don't know what, I don't even know like what, what they're going to do about it. I guess there's a clown movie coming out, but it's not till like next June. And they're, yeah, they're remaking like, it. They're yeah. trying to uh, promote that. So I'm a big Stephen King guy. So um, I like that movie and I like the book, but it's a stupid marketing campaign. Don't, don't dress up like a clown because you'll get shot. That seems to be the general consensus around the country. Before we move on from Spooktacular, I just want to go real quick. Uh, obviously, trick-or-treating stations, you said. Uh, Haunted Hayride, you guys are going to have... Uh, you, how many food vendors you guys have? Are you sure yet? Uh, I believe we have three right nice. now. Nice. Nice. Yep. Uh, obviously, you got to wear a costume. I have to go find a costume now. You guys are doing uh, free parking in the shuttles. And it is rain or shine, so, you yeah. know, prepare accordingly, folks. Yep. If it snows, it's if it rains, if it's 60 it degrees, you never come know. on out. I would, you know, that's Utica for you, though. It could snow, or it could be 80, and I really wouldn't be sure yeah. on Halloween. Halloween's to, a weird fringe it's like holiday. It's like 77 like it. degrees It's warm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I don't want to keep you too long, because I know, you, I'm going to assume that you are probably on the way right now to Woodland yeah. Brewery. Yes. Now, 
for you folks listening out there, I'm going to pull the curtain back for a second. We're recording this on Friday the 7th before that event. So by the time you folks hear this episode, this event will have long already happened. But you guys are putting You are on, listening to the past right you're now. You're listening to the past. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you guys are doing this with Nomad Cinema, who's a good friend of the show. Um, did you enjoy working with them at all? Yes. Believe it or not, they approached us. It's oh, yeah. totally their event. Yeah. So Nomad Cinema put it together. Mm. And uh, you know Woodland is, is hosting it as well. And they also uh, grabbed a few sponsors. I think it's like uh, MPW Marketing, Quad yeah. Simia, mm. uh, Made in Utica. There's a tattoo artist that did an amazing drawing of some of my photos that I've taken oh, of nice. our primate. So, yeah, it's uh, we're going to be playing uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's which, awesome. which is funny because after my first week or two working at the zoo and you know staring into the soul of some of our primates... I went and watched all yes. the Planet of the Apes yes, movies because I just, it doesn't matter what primate. I'm like, you are my brother, you are my cousin, you are like, I don't know, There's, there, we're so similar to primates, it's crazy. They were supposed to be on last week and then one of them came down with strep throat, but they're two of my favorite guys in the world. Shout out they, to Mike and they, Mario. If you get a chance, go on the Utica Zoo's Facebook page and, and even though this event may have been in the past, check out the promo video yes. that they did. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Like I'm like these guys are talented, so they they do they the are, video production as well. They um, showed me. Uh, God, we when I'm a I'm kind of a movie guy. Like I I like to talk about not only just like I like movies, but I like to talk about like filmmaking. So I, I got we got conversations about like editing and like practical yeah. effects and like weird special effects we no one uses anymore and they, I don't yeah crazy like, guys. I don't know anything about videos except for I know that they work you yeah, know yeah. in terms of marketing mm-hmm. so um but yeah those guys are great uh Mike before we move on to the lightning round uh real quickly where can people uh reach out to you uh as the as the man here at the zoo where can they get uh, you if they want to get any information marketing events things like that sure um it, Definitely uh, follow us on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Utica Zoo, or mm-hmm. s- just search Utica Zoo. Uh, if you want to learn more about the uh, master plan, it's uticazoo.org slash dream big. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also head to our website for more about Spooktacular as well. And if you wanted to reach me personally for um, marketing or any communications for the zoo, it's mike.beck at uticazoo.org for uh, email. So Slide into his DMs. Slide <laughs> in. Uh, so let's get into the lightning round. I know I've been keeping you longer than we expected. It's okay. uh, so these are the same five questions I've been asking people for the last 20 to 25 shows or so. I don't remember exactly when it's we started. It's a good thing I didn't practice. Good, yeah, good thing. Uh, so, uh, first question, uh, Mike Beck. What? Uh, well, we already sort of spoiled this one, I guess, a little bit. But how do you take your coffee in the morning? I don't. No coffee, no coffee guy. Like I said, yeah, once a month. No but caffeine. When, at when all? I when I do, no, um, caffeine just doesn't like me, I and see. I don't like yeah. it. And uh, but if I really, if it's one of those days where I really like needing the up and up i'll do it like yeah i'll grab a mountain dew or get some coffee but uh if i, I don't if i don't like eat with it like in yeah. two or three hours mm. you do not want to be around yeah. me i'm just I, like i make that mistake all the time where i'm like i didn't eat breakfast i guess i'll have a cup of coffee and then i'm like ah, this is a yeah bad idea. i gotta yeah. i'm i'm all about like staying balanced mm. now so uh so mike what was your first automobile this the one I have right now is a Nissan Altima. Oh. I didn't have my first vehicle till three and a half years ago. There you go. So, 
Ultima. It's a quality car. Though. Nissan's a nice I, piece of equipment. To, you know, we we always had the uh, we had an '01 Toyota Camry. I have three sisters. We yeah. all drove it. So oh, was there like was the, no need for a car. Like ever. the house car. Had mom had yeah. the van. You yeah. know, I like I I drove everything. <laughs> Uh, well, since you didn't have a first car to take to it, I'm going to assume you saw your first concert before that. But what was your yeah. first concert? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, it was one of two things. All right. I have horrible memory. It was either Dave Matthews Band mm-hmm. at SPAC or John Mayer with Maroon 5 Yo, at SPAC. That's, that's a good show, though, now. But believe it or not, I saw John Mayer in concert and I bought all his CDs after that. Yeah, you don't have to defend like, John Mayer to me. I'm a. All right. He's, he's great. He's good. <laughs> Anything around that, like that John Mayer style, like if you throw John Mayer radio on like Spotify, I love that stuff. John Mayer got a bad rap because of one song. Your Body is a Wonderland, and it just happened to be, at the time, his biggest hit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Maybe even now, it's probably still his biggest hit like, commercially, maybe. I don't know. He's, he just, I don't know, he makes some good stuff. No, but if you really listen to him, he might be the best like guitar player we've seen in like 15 years. He's an amazing guitar which, player. He's which so no good. one thinks of him as he's that a because he sings. You know, he's, he's a good singer, too. He know? has so Clapton like, syndrome. He's basically Eric Clapton. He has a good singing voice. He writes... Songs that are popular, and he probably doesn't get the respect that he deserves because people consider him a little too safe. I um I I bought the Continuum yeah, album, good. and I believe it just was like the ten year anniversary. Yeah. And that's crazy which, too. Which is crazy because that was also the last CD that I have purchased in my life. Really? So you know everything's digitally MP3, oh, yeah. Spotify now. So yeah, shout yeah. out John Mayer. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you one more before we go to the next one. If you haven't listened, you probably already have. The John Mayer Trio live album he did. Yes. 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 Big yep. fan. Yes. Big fan of that album. Uh, speaking of that, let's uh, let's go with one book, album, or movie you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Now, if you're watching a television show, this is also, people tend to throw that in here as well. So Okay. Um, you're a Netflix guy or something. I am a Netflix guy. Uh, just got done watching Orange is the New Black. Ah. Like, all four. Four seasons or whatever is out. I did just the first one. Which is actually um, really impressive for me because I'm more of a movie guy mm-hmm. and I and I need the whole story in three hours or less mm. or I can't uh, commit or dedicate, you know, be dedicated to watching it. Sure, but that makes sense. My goodness, I think I watched all four episodes of Orange and the New Black. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I love first season. I just started... Yeah. Um, Luke Cage. Yes. The, yeah. Uh, the, I've been told the Marvel Marvel series. That's um, did you Stranger Things yet? I. I'm so sorry, but I did all of Stranger Things, and it didn't Nothing do for any things for me. I'm, I'm not gonna hold it against you. It's all right. I You're allowed tr- to have opinions. Can I tell you that I I would watch an episode, and I'd be like, eh, and then somebody would post on uh, you know the internet, if you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, you gotta drop everything, and I'm like. Watch the second episode, and I'm like, eh. And it happened every time. And I'm totally into. I love, I love like a little bit of sci-fi. I love um, telekinesis, telepaths. Yeah. Um, but I guess the thing that kind of threw me off was like, uh, I don't know if they were demons or like, I don't like, yeah, I don't like demonic things. But like, I think uh, my friend was like, just, just pretend they're aliens. And like once I, I was like, I think oh, the idea, aliens. I think the idea for me was it's not. It's like an alternate dimension. Right? Yeah, I've, like, I mean, I've read some 
some the, yeah. some viewer thoughts on the fan theories. Yeah, there's a pretty good one out there. There's can tons we spoil of it or no? You can. Uh, I think you're. Well, we're far enough away. Sh- shut your ears. Shut uh, your ears. If you don't want to be spoiled for a show um, that we already saw. There's uh, there is a theory that Eleven and the 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 dement the, or yeah, I forgot the what they call them. Lotus face are monster, one and the same. The demogorgon. Demogorgon. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. both worlds, I read that theory, are this identical. Yeah. And when you know she, they're saying that she kind of creates it. Yeah. Out of her own head, and then at the end, they both go away. Right. That makes sense. So. I've actually heard that theory too. Though. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, what you should. Uh, I, I won't tell you to watch Narcos because I'm down. I'm down to watch. I'll, I'll watch anything. I'm, I'm heavily addicted to Narcos right now. Um, right. And Mike, last uh, last but not least, uh, give me one other thing that you are passionate about. Uh, I absolutely love the Utica Comets. Yes. And uh, yes. you know, season ticket holder. Mm. The Got them good uh, seats. No, nah, there's not a bad. There's not a, <laughs> not a bad, not a bad seat. seat. No. <laughs> it's good seats. I can see the ice. Yes. Yeah, everyone can see no, the they're, ice. They're pretty, they're pretty good seats, yeah. and. Uh, I think they have like almost thirty six hundred season ticket holders this year. So, um, and and I do and I, I've uh, I, I'm also a big fan of Woodland Woodland Hot Farm and their they're great people and their uh, their IPAs. They just um, it's I I think it what happens was you know we do all this um, quote unquote research for Why in the Wilderness yeah. and, and Brewfest and. Uh, I think I took it. A, I, I think I took it pretty seriously this year. And yeah. We got a custom beer made, and they, uh, you know, oh, I yeah, like yeah. their stuff. They yeah, stuff. you're in the custom beer club. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Custom yeah. beer club feels well, which good. Which is funny it? because you know the beer was named Endangered IPA. We yeah, made yeah. it for Brewfest, and uh, it's it's gone. You know, no. It's, well, it's, <laughs> so. it's funny. We uh, I was I I used to moonlight at Taylor and the Cook uh, not too long ago, and uh, I remember going in one night. And a bartender there, my buddy, my buddy Jeff, he's like, all right, so we got these beers on tap from Woodland. We got the Brutica. I'm like, I know about it already. Yeah. Like, I don't need to hear about I, it. I liked Brutica. It was good. It was all right. They didn't put Made in Brutica on it, even though uh, we asked them to. That's but, tough. You know, hey, listen, they got a marketing campaign Woodland, we well. just mentioned you like three times, so <laughs> next time, uh, put the Made in Brutica. <laughs> no, Keith and AJ have been on the show as well. Good yeah. GFOPs. Uh, Mike, it's a real pleasure to have you back on the show, brother. Yeah, thank you very uh, again, much. Again, keep supporting the zoo. Uh, go on out to uh, UticaZoo.org to check out details about uh, the Dream Big with the Utica Zoo master plan and, of course, the Spooktacular 2016. We will be back to the show in just a moment. Speaking of sassy people, thank you again to Mike Beck for joining us. Mike Beck's uh, not sassy. He's a sweetheart. He's he like a sassy bone in his body, that kid. <laughs> All right, guys, you know what time it is? Well, Kev knows what time it is. Uh, it's that time for today's episode of 
Yesterday's news today. Except history. History. Not news. Whatever. Well, history. Today, yesterday's show. history today. <laughs> uh, and we're changing it today because I looked at yesterday's history uh, and it wasn't very good. So we're going the day before yesterday's history today. On October 9th, 1967, uh, Che Guevara was executed by the Bolivian Army. Uh, for those of you who don't know about Che Guevara, he um, he's that guy on the t-shirts and the flags that you see all the time, you'll see the young college kids wearing the Che shirt, not yeah. knowing what they're representing. Yeah. Uh, oh. he, he was buried in an unmarked grave, but in 1997, his remains were found and sent back to Cuba, where he was reburied in front of Fidel Castro as a Cuban hero. Uh, in the mid-1950s, uh, Guevara met up with Fidel Castro, uh, played a key role in Castro's seizure of power from Cuba, uh, from Cuban director F- <laughs> Fulgencio Batista in 1959 and later served yeah, and later great served name. great Saucy. name right I love Latin American names uh, and later served as Castro's right hand man and Ministry of Industry um, I'll throw this last one out Castro later described him as quote an artist of revolutionary warfare so 49 years ago today Che Guevara wow there you go. I feel like a lot of the Central American and South American uh, culture, especially from time, is very poetic. A lot it of the is. language, the way they speak, mm. like that's. See, I'm gonna. I'm gonna not bad. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. Uh, Are we doing Nicaragua? We're talking Nicaragua. Well, uh, you, you, you know why? Because you, you basically put this on a T for me. Nicaragua, in general, is the home and has been for a good portion of the last forty years of the World Poetry Festival. Uh, one of the things that. Uh, uh, Daniel Ortega, who was one of the leaders of the Sandinista movement, said about Nicaraguans in general is that all Nicaraguans are poets and they have poetry in their soul, which sort of ties into what they're talking about. Uh, matter of fact, one of the major leaders of the Sandinista movement was a gentleman named, uh, he was a priest named Ernesto Cardinal, who was most famous for his poetic works uh, in, uh, I guess, in uh, revolutionary efforts toward the Oh, God, what is her name? The Somozas, the Somoza family, who was the Somoza dynasty in Nicaragua and was defeated by the Sandinistas in 1980. Now, Sam, who said you weren't going to use that senior thesis again? I know, right? No Look one ever that. said. 30, 33 pages. Call those professors down to Hunter College and tell them that's still paying off. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Something about, I, I actually, of all the places I would like to go in the world, like if I could travel anywhere... Uh, like Latin America is very high on my list. I'd love to go to Nicaragua. I'd love to go to Costa Rica. Oh yeah. Love to go to Cuba. Actually. What's the number one place on everybody's bucket list? Have you traveled to any one place and like take mm. anything like expense and anything like that out? Like in a perfect world, the one place. I go to Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like keep it in the United States. There you go. <laughs> I really do. It's fascinating. <laughs> I really do, and I love Lilo and Stitch. I was, thank you. I was just saying, we were watching some sort of thing on TV. Lilo and Stitch, it was like top 10 worst like Disney sequels. Lilo and Stitch, the second one. Oh, I haven't even seen it. Forget it. They they were all like straight to like VHS movies, but I was saying Lilo and Stitch gets nowhere near enough credit. The creature Stitch is one of my favorite weird little Disney animals there's ever been. I love him so much. (laughs) Oh, he destroyed her wrist right off the bat. It was bad. It was bad. (laughs) so bad. Uh, A lot of hand. What about you, Big Hands? What do you got for Big Hands out here. Um... (laughs) For a long time, I always thought that it was the Amazon rainforest, but mm. then when I really, really, really think about it, I think I would like to go on a safari in, like, Central Africa, out there in the plains where they've got all the wildlife, all mm. the animals, like, the whole Lion King come to life and see all that, because I love animals. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, I can make an argument for, like, ten different places, but mm. realistically, going on safari and being able to, like, observe wildlife mm. like that on that scale. What about the bugs? bugs? The bugs get as big as the animals there. They're, like, the mm. size of, like... German shepherds here. If a bug is as big as an animal, then it is concerned with animals larger than me to feast on, in which case I'm just merely an observer. 
Uh, I stand behind my, my vacation rule number one. I will not go to any place where there are more things that can kill me mm. than there are things I care to see. That's why I'm never going to Australia. Oh, just, yeah. Just, nope. Just snakes and alligators and sharks and black widow spiders. All like, no thanks. Yeah, I don't like spiders. Uh, I have two. Uh, one is for my mind, and that's Nicaragua. I want to go to Managua, which is the capital city of Nicaragua, which in 1972 was struck by a massive earthquake, which uh, in my thesis I claimed was the jumping-off point uh, for the Sandinistas to actually win control of Nicaragua. What's fascinating about Managua as a city is that when it was rebuilt after the earthquake, they didn't rebuild the center of the city. They rebuilt around where the wreckage was. So in the center of Managua, there is this large, flat area of, like, un... Uh, of what's the word I'm looking for unutilized land that they never mm -hmm. fixed after the earthquake and it just sort of stands as this patch of land that was destroyed during that earthquake and was never fixed and I think that's fascinating mm, that's pretty cool the other side of course is I want to go to England uh, I want to go to United I want to go to watch Liverpool play in Liverpool I want to watch all the Premier League games at all the different Premier League stadiums that one's for my soul that makes sense mm. so Nicaragua for my head uh, all the Premier League teams go to their stadiums for my soul those are two <laughs> different ones that I want okay. those are good um, and I, I gotta say, there hasn't been Premier League on, uh, not that anyone cares, but there hasn't been any soccer no. on, so I haven't no, no, truly, no. truly been no, able... No, we do a sports podcast now, what are you doing? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> no, no. But what I'm saying is I haven't totally, totally, truly been able to really appreciate your brand new television that we just bought, because I haven't been able to watch a Liverpool game on it yet. That's no, called a transition. 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 No, I see it. <laughs> a transition game. I'm working on my transition game, guys. Uh, I'm very good in transition. Ladies uh, rejoice. Ladies, ladies rejoice. <laughs> Oh, well, oh comes, I'm constantly in transition when it comes to ladies. It's <laughs> there. Um, so, Kev, you got a brand new TV. I, yeah, uh, finally, because it was broken when I brought it home. <laughs> you did? It was broken. I brought, she does another story. I'll tell her. So I went, like, on a whim. A friend of mine was going to pick up something we ordered online, like a new uh, Chromebook. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? Let me go. I've been looking at TVs because I never have a TV in my room. I don't normally like to. I've been wanting to like, be able to watch a movie in there. Mm -hmm. So my TV was in the living room. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to buy a TV, why buy something smaller? Consumer electronics are pretty cheap. If I find a good price, I'm just going to get something big for the living room. Right. Finally did, on a whim, make this purchase. I'm coming home. Like, we're going to watch this TV. we got 50 inches. We're out here. This mm -hmm. is unbelievable. Set the whole thing up. Get it together. Go to turn it on. It's broken. What was wrong with it? It was like, so when you look at the screen, the screen is off. It looks like nothing is wrong with it. When you turn it on, the LED underneath it was just, like, shattered. It got, like, cracks. It was all bubbled and cracked like a phone screen would be. Like, you know, sometimes you maybe you'll drop a phone, and the screen doesn't look cracked, but underneath it, it's broken. Right, yeah. That's what was going on. Mm. Wow. So we took it back. We got a new one, and yes, I have a big TV. Now you can do your thing. No, I'm That's just... Exciting. Telling you, Best Buy. <laughs> this is... If I see anybody from New Hartford, Best Buy, you got questions. Blue <laughs> uh, I did my typical American thing where we got this brand new TV, which is easily the largest TV I've ever been privy to access to like at, a, at any given time right they bought uh, like it's your own you know my own place of yeah, my own place of residence right. uh and we watched it for about a couple hours over the weekend either it was the debates or wrestling or football or whatever and immediately i kept thinking i could never go back to 38 now like <laughs> i'm immediately spoiled by my 38 inch tv you can't go back it's very american once we get something we like we can never settle for anything less that's why we have America. That's why we have America. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Kev, we, I don't know if we want to get too far into it. Like, you got a pretty good deal on TVs, uh, on this TV. Screaming deal. Screaming deal. Screaming deal. Well, because it was broken. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Very good. That's the sass. <laughs> What's your, what, what do you got for TV action in your house? Um, well, 
They're really not that big. That's like a honestly, forward question. I know. Like, haha, I got this new TV. What are you working with? It's small. <laughs> no, honestly, okay. I prefer watching my shows on my iPad. I really do. Oh. I like being like really cozy. I like making a whole little cave like for myself. Build a little like fort or cocoon. Yeah, yeah. I want to be under See, the blankets. I want to. Yeah. That's a very millennial answer. We talked about this. That she's going to have all the millennial answers. Yeah, she's yeah. going to be our go-to millennial on the Yikes. show. Yeah, we haven't talked about the fact that you're younger than us yet. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. It's Are you? Is it that strange though? I feel like once I feel like once you get to a certain age, everybody's like sort of. No, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. Well, I act like a sixty-year-old woman, so that helps. I make up for it. <laughs> uh, I think what was fascinating about the TV though is actually when we went to look at the store, we went back to Best Buy to go pick up the TV again, and you look around. TVs are in general are not very expensive. Yeah. I used to think that comparatively, TV, yeah. comparatively, television is relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, and it's like when I remember, I'm old enough, at least to a certain age, to remember when TVs had the wooden frames on the outside, like at your yeah. grandparents' house. It's just crazy, and that's not even that long ago. Well, even that, I remember when flat screen meant something like, "Oh, damn, you got a flat screen." Now all the TVs have flat screens. Like, oh yeah. It's not even. Flat screen isn't even what flat screen used to be, though. Mm. Because flat screen before used to be, like, still, like, what, like, eight still inches? Still thick as hell, yeah. Yeah, still, like, pretty mm. thick. And now, if you look at it sideways, you can't even see it. We, we for sure live in, the like, the golden age of cheap, you know, consumer electronics. Because, like yeah. I said, when I went to Best Buy on a win that day, somebody was picking up a Chromebook. They got a Chromebook, which is an almost fully functional laptop. It was, like, $130. That's mm. nothing. Like, you can go there for 450 bucks. You can get a laptop that, as long as you're not doing, like... You know, real like video editing, photo editing, music production, like large scale CPU use and stuff like that. You can get a laptop that'll last any regular person well, and work just for, fine. You pay for the name now, too. Bucks. Mm. Really? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, you pay for the Apple name. That's why you yeah. buy that brand because you've yeah. always bought Apple, but that's definitely not not always the best buy. You know what I mean? Well, that's when I, when I bought my most recent laptop, I didn't get an Apple because I wasn't doing anything at the time that I really wanted that was going to be something that I needed that had any kind of power. I'm like, I just need something that I can go on the internet, organize all of my pictures and all my different stuff like that, and download movies so I can watch them with an HDMI cable. Right. And, you know, doing, like, music and stuff like that. That's about it. And yeah. I ended up paying, like, 450 bucks for a Toshiba, and, you know, it lasted pretty well for about a year and a half to, like, mm. like dump the hard drive and fix a couple things mm. get a new battery. But it's crazy that it's that inexpensive, because I remember not even too many years ago, a laptop's immediately yeah. $800, 900 Yeah, almost a grand. Uh, so this is, this is going to seem kind of off-kilter for a second, but... Uh, I was reading a book last week called White Noised by Don DeLillo, and one of the passages in the book, it's, it was written in the early 90s, late 80s, and one of the chapters, passages in the book, talks about TV as this opiate for the masses and how it's for ruining sure. society and how people are spending all their time watching TV and not mm -hmm. being a part of society. Yeah. And now, it seems like TV is considered like kind of another art form in a way. People respect television. and Some that, of it. And that sort of vitriol has been transferred down to like tech devices as the next generation of the opiate for the masses. See, the way that I look at it is there is so many good opportunities now that mm. people see are there, but I don't think people actually use TV correctly. Mm. I mean, there's so many things you can actually do with it, but when you look at what there, there's there's difference between what's on TV and what's available to see, and then what the majority of the population is mm. actually watching. Like that's it's, that's know. kind of what I was gonna say because yeah. you you know you were you say that like TV now has become more of an art form, and we talk a lot about TV as art like quite often, sure. just you know side conversations. 
And there's a lot of amazing artistic expressions being made on TV now, you know what I mean, right. in a variety of different ways, you know, be it the comedies, the dramas, the stuff like that, but there's still a lot of TV out there that's not like that. And, you know, I wonder how many people appreciate the TV like that. And, you know, a lot of these shows we talk about being art or some of the most popular shows mm -hmm. of all time, you know, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, The Wire, things like that mm. come to mind. And a lot of people certainly are watching those shows, but... I still don't know if TV has moved all the way off into something as art. I think more than anything, TV can be a catch-all word that means a lot of stuff. It means pretty much any screens, be it your iPad, your phone. I mean, yeah. both of you guys, and if, you know, for every single listener out there, I guarantee can tell you of a ton of times you find yourself in a room and every single person in the room is looking at their phone, not talking to mm. each other for a long time. Yeah. yeah, and it's and people who are you, people who you're great friends with, people who you can and do have great conversations with. Yeah. And it's crazy to remember a time before that was the norm because, Sam, you can vouch for this. Like, mm. screens and phones, the way they are now, have only been this way since, like, maybe 2008, 2009. Sure. It has not yeah. been long. That's yeah. only six or seven years. And so, like, I remember being... A, Mara, how old are you? 23. I remember being 23 and this technology hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And so it's crazy to have watched it change. And I understand why people mm. who are even older are up in arms about kids with iPads, but... Mm. By the same token, it's only going to keep going this way, so what do you really do about that? Mm -hmm. well, what I think is fascinating about what you said is not uh, how people are watching, but what they're watching. We, When we got the TV hooked up, the first thing we watched was two episodes of Cosmos, um, right? Yeah. And yeah. I and we put I put Cosmos on primarily because it seemed like it would be good for visually the big screen. Like, visually, yeah. big, big yeah. TV, big, interesting pictures. But as you watch an episode of Cosmos and you get into it, Kev made a point during the during we were watching. He said it feels like this is the kind of show that everyone in America, everyone in the world, should be forced to watch. Like it's this is information that I wish was presented to every single human being on this planet as concisely, clearly, and importantly mm -hmm. as it's presented on that show. Mm -hmm. You could teach that in school if you were a teacher who was teaching science and you were talking about space. You could put on the new Cosmos because it would still hit with the new audience, all yes. new stuff, new production values, mm -hmm. and it would hit. You could teach it with sort of ten episodes for ten weeks. Each one's about 49 minutes long. You could put that on for one full class, yeah. and kids would learn. Yeah. I could watch the History Channel for half a day and absorb more than I did all throughout high school and my like social studies classes mm. and everything like that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's wild. It's so easily accessible now. Well, that, that refers to something in the education world uh, known as differentiated content. Uh, the idea is that mm. uh, as learners, people individually learn in different ways. Some people are audio learners, visual learners. Yeah. They learn from different things. And I always tell kids this when they're having a hard time reading, through, like slogging through a textbook. I'm like, what's, th what's this paper about? And they're like, oh, Black Plague. I'm like, just, do you have a computer in your pocket? You have a computer yeah. at your house. Like, go home. Go to YouTube, mm -hmm. go to Netflix, type in Black Flag, see if a documentary pops up. Watch a documentary about something. Or, yeah. like, find a At different way. At least get a grasp on the material before you try to dig into the deep details. Yeah, because, it, yeah. Yeah, because some people just latch on to a visual form in that way. Yeah. Um, that being said, for all the praise we just heaped on Cosmos, I don't know what their ratings were, but I bet you a billion times more people have seen, like, every episode of The Kardashians than have seen Cosmos. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yep, that's the point I was I trying to I think they exactly. might have killed, but the point you're making is spot on. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they killed. But here's the thing. They did sort of kill when it first came out. It was a big deal. But even me, the guy who watched it when it came out and watched every episode, by the fifth or sixth episode, you sort of were like, oh, Cosmos was on tonight. I forgot about it. And then I missed the last five because then it's over, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, new TV, Cosmos. Uh... Cosmos is a good show, man. I dug it. Neil deGrasse Tyson, we talked about during your interview. Your yeah, that was on, my interview, yeah. You love Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's so stinking cute. 
He's something else. <laughs> There's, you know what though? We, I'm not gonna go too, too. Have you ever seen pictures of him when he was a young man? No. Is he, he handsome? He was like a champion weightlifter. He's completely mm. like yoked and wearing like tight seventies mm. clothes with an oh. afro and everything. You should look that up for you. When you when you get home tonight, you get in your little cocoon with your iPad. <laughs> look up Neil deGrasse Tyson my from like when he was in college. A bit. <laughs> uh, oh my god! And, and uh, while you're doing that, you should check out one last thing on YouTube before you uh, call it quits, which is what we're gonna do as well. Do you guys remember something called the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I think so. Yeah, sure. you're familiar yes. with that. Yeah, good, good. For sure. I asked the kids in my high school who are very young. Oh yeah. Uh, if they knew what it was, and they still did. Power Rangers apparently does have some pretty because well, they've had like twenty different iterations of it. Mm. I think now, like they just always sort they of just turn it over. The yeah. Cast. yeah. Yeah. Well, there's going to be another iteration of it. There's going to be a full-scale blockbuster uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie slash reboot. Uh, a gritty. Reboot, though. Why does everything have to be a gritty, gritty. reboot these days? Gritty. It's so gritty. I got grit everywhere. I got grit in my life. Like, <laughs> life is gritty. Did you watch the debate? Life is gritty. I don't <laughs> need every grit. single rebate of a, a reboot of everything that I loved when I was a kid to now be gritted up. <laughs> um, like, hey, here's, you know, a nice picture of you playing with your grandparents when you were a kid, but it's gritty. No, stop. <laughs> the best thing I could say about it, or the best way I could describe it for those who haven't seen it yet, and if you haven't seen it, you should at least watch it just for, like, nostalgia's sake. Like, mm-hmm. just, just give it a watch. It sort of looks Do like... Do they have Ivan Ooze in this one? No Ivan Ooze. Reed Repulse is back. Uh, but there is... It sort of looks like they took The Breakfast Club and, like, a bad Transformers movie and jammed them together. Oh, Transformers movie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know about that. It's not promising. Um, See, well, th- no. And that's another thing, too. I feel like they have to shoehorn the love story into everything, especially movies aimed at, like, that quote-unquote young adult, like, teen mm. crowd. Like, I remember this happened when um, when The Hunger Games was really big. Oh, yes. They were putting the movies out. Somebody gave me the first Hunger Games book to read. They were, like, they were like, you'll like this. I enjoyed it. It's, I was it's pretty good, good. I burned through it pretty fast. It's like 250 pages. Like, it's not... But when they're talking about, like, the society and the world they live in and, like, the way it works and the dystopian future, that's all that's wicked interesting. interesting. Yeah. And then they literally just, like, force in this story about, like... All of a sudden, you know, this girl who's like a badass hero who's like sticking up to you know this and that. She's like, oh, but I love this boy, but I love this boy. And they're like, I love you and we're going to fall asleep together. And it's like, why did why did you have to force this in here? Like, you're yeah. in a story cook and just let these people do the story. Well, maybe because it brings in another form of an audience. You yeah, know what I mean? that's fair. You know, maybe. Who knows? All I'm I saying, agree. all I'm saying is it. If Zordon isn't a floating head in a space bong, I'm I'm out. I'm not into it. If he's I'm pretty sure isn't Zordon uh what's his name? From Breaking Bad. Heisenberg. Heisenberg's gonna be Zordon? I'm pretty sure oh, that's a man. thing. They didn't yeah. show him in the trailer, but I hope that's No, no, well. I'm pretty sure that Brian Cranston from Breaking uh, Bad, Malcolm in the Middle there, is mm. gonna be Zordon. I think I read that somewhere. Man, he's really versatile, isn't he? He, yeah, is, the, he is the danger. Um Mara, you made it through your first episode. What do you think? I like it. It's yeah. saucy. That's the only word I can think saucy of. Saucy and sassy. Saucy and sassy. That's fair. All right, well, maybe we'll have you come back next week, see what you think. How does that sound? I think it sounds good. All right, guys, this is that time of the show where I tell you not to follow Kevin on Twitter at underscore Kevin Sullivan because he doesn't appreciate your follows. He's, only, he's only a leader. He's not Whoa. a follower. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Mm. Sorry. I'd rather be a dick than a swallower. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's a lot of swears for you today. That was that was just for Kanye. You cannot put half of a Kanye line on the table and then make me go out and say some bad stuff because you did this to me. I did do it. We all heard you Jesus. We were all here. Uh, you showed me that album for the first time. Or you gave me my first copy. You gave me the files and played it. I love that album. Uh, and they're all great. Albums. Mara, you're not. You I'm are on credit. Twitter, sorta. 
I don't, honestly, I probably haven't used Twitter in like a year and a half, but I do want to get back on it. So Blow up Mara, out. give her a reason. What's your Twitter handle? What do you, I, I don't know. <laughs> I really, I honestly, I haven't even. If you're listening to the show, it'll be in the episode description. Follow her on Instagram. She's on yeah, Instagram like all the that. time. I like Instagram. Is it it's just a- photos. Get on Instagram. Yeah, ADP Gallery. Boom. Uh, and follow your boy uh, SF Doom at SF Doom on Twitter. Uh, also, send us a mailbag question at Uticast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the Uticast. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, 315 Live. And always remember, we love you guys. I don't even have a good one. Have a good I need a list of these listeners before I can commit to love with every single one.